we're going to start on 41, but do you remember on the video, like a little test here, but remember on the video how well you heard and saw, understood, <laughs> what 41 starts with? What did, did anybody remember when it said, okay, well, starting in Isaiah 41, something happened? The servant. And God's going to now doing something. What? The servant. The servant. But what? What is? Um, he starts sharing the, the 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 new the new deal, as it were. Yeah. Okay. So we can do that. Did did you did they did you remember how he said that was going to happen? How how he's going to pre how Isaiah is going to present this um, stuff starting in Isaiah 41? He's going to use sort of a metaphor. Anybody remember what that was? Okay, so if you're watching the news at all these days, not saying you should. I mean, what's interesting is within the last week, there's a number of things all on the news, right? As there usually is. This last week, probably the thing that's been on the news the most is one court trial after another, after another, after another. Okay, and it's like the thing that's on the news, you know, all these different trials that are going on. Well, and of course, you know, that all brings up the whole justice system and how fair is the justice system, et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, tonight, what we get to do is we get to look at the justice system according to God, okay? Because what Isaiah 41 starts with is a court scene, all right? And we're going to take a look tonight at Isaiah 41 and what that court scene is. We're going to start going through it. Because that's what Isaiah 41 does, is actually starts with, okay, God, guess who's the judge? <laughs> All right? Who's the judge? Huh? God. 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 Who's the jury? God. God. Who's the prosecutor? <laughs> and he's the bailiff, too, I'm sure. Okay? Um, so we're going to walk through that now. Have you guys seen those videos? If you've ever done it, if you've had kids, have you ever seen those videos where you, where someone will take like a kid and either like they'll, you know, sit him at a table and they'll put like some pieces of candy there and say, okay, I'm going to walk out of the room and you tell the kid, do not touch the candy. Have you guys ever seen that? You know, and so you find out whether when you walk out of that room, is a kid going to touch that candy or not? And just by the mere fact that you're being told, don't touch the candy and eat it, <laughs> we get that, oh, I want to do that, right? Okay, well, tonight I want you guys to do something like that, all right, is I don't want you to look at something, okay? So, if you have your this, okay, yeah. I want you to turn to page 216. If you don't have it, tell me, which I don't think you do, right? Got yours, anybody else? Okay, all right. Yeah. So you've got, you're on there, so you don't really actually, if you're just, if you have this, okay, all you need to do is 216. You are not, until I tell you to look at anything other than page 216, <laughs> okay? You are not to turn the page. How's that for something you guys did, okay? You're not to use your phones. You're not to do anything. We're going to stay on just 
2.16, all right? Okay, all right. <laughs> and, yeah, you got yours too, right, Steve? Okay, right. awesome. Yeah. All right, which is the reason why, Pete, you have that, just that one. It's just, yeah. Okay, everyone good? It's easier for yep. All right. <laughs> okay, so 41 opens with the judge, the jury, the prosecutor, with God opening up the scene, okay? And so if you look at 41.1, you can think of this as God speaking, all right? And listen to what he says. Okay, so this is almost like he's calling to court. He's calling a trial to happen. He's calling the court to, to come to session, in, in essence, all right? And he says, listen to me. In silence, O coastlands, let the people renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. Okay. So what, just let's just take a look at verse 1. What do you guys think? What's going on there? Questions. You hear God open up like this. What's the significance of coastlines? Great question. Coastlands. Very good. So that word, coastlands, actually also can be translated islands. And what it speaks about is it really is referring to the ends of the earth. All right. So God is speaking, in essence, to the entire earth, to all the inhabitants of the entire earth is who he's, he's speaking to. All right. Make sense? Okay, so that's what that term means. It really is another way of saying the ends of the earth, the whole earth. All right, so that's, that in essence, is in essence who he's talking to. Um, what else do you see there? <clears throat> Listen uh-huh. <laughs> to, to me in silence. I, yeah. You don't say anything. Yeah. Sounds like a court scene, doesn't it? Yeah. I speak. And then, and he's, he's giving a very chronological procession here. He's giving mm-hmm. directions. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Which also turns out to be a wonderful meditation and way to pray. I looked at that one. That's, he's telling you how to, how to do it. Yeah. In addition to what we're talking about here. Let the peoples renew their strength, which is referring up to 40 Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Let yeah, you to, see that up in the 40. Let okay. us together draw near for judgment. Yeah. So he's being inclusive. Uh-huh, okay. Rather than adversarial, it's we're going to work this together. All right. At the same time, so, yeah, yeah. and so mm-hmm. the, an approach, then you can speak your piece, then let's draw together for judgment, which yeah. then walks you into the next thing. Right? Yeah. Which, which is which is cool. Okay. Good. But Anybody else? Let the people's renew their strength is almost yeah. like if uh, let the population pause. It's almost like an awe. Mm. It's, it's oh, that's interesting. The yeah. the coastlands is like the four winds. All the population of there is mm-hmm. pause. There's like something that's coming. There's a communication coming. What yeah. what what he what it says in forty. Basically, 27 
through 31. It's referencing what he does for the people in terms of increasing their strength. And um, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. So listen to me in silence. Let the people renew their strength. I think that's what that is directly referring to. Yeah, there's, there's a flavor of humility there. But there's also an oxymoron here. Listen to me in silence uh-huh. and let them speak. Well, it's like, yeah. So what do you? So how does that work in a court? Okay, so the, so the judge is now saying, okay, silence. And what does a judge do? He's the one who directs what's going to happen, right? So he's first of all, you know, it's like, what does everyone happen, right? Everyone stands. The judge comes in, sits down. Everyone's quiet. Then he goes through and he starts giving instructions. All right. Then he's going to tell people when they can speak. Right, so so you start out by silence, all right, and then you're going to speak. Now, what do you what do you what think about what happens in a court? Okay, so prosecution goes first. Okay, very good, excellent, excellent. Okay, so the prosecution goes first. All right, who's the prosecutor? God. God. Okay, so. And what does a prosecutor present in a court? Evidence. Evidence. Excellent. Okay. So now, I want you to think. Evidence of guilt. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. So, we have God, the judge. Now, in this court scene... And I'm not letting you turn the page, so you're not going to really know necessarily the answer, which I'll give you the answer here in a second. But there are really three sets of players here, okay? There's God, who is the judge and the prosecutor, all right, and the jury. All right, who else, who do you think the other two are? There's also, let me give you another hint, there's... Another one, which are the people in, in essence, call them um, the audience. All right? So there's the audience, and then there's the people who the, the judge, well, the prosecutor is bringing the evidence against to say they're, what did you say? How did you say it? Evidence of guilt. Evidence of guilt. The accused. Right. Like witnesses? Yeah, witnesses, and who, so I guess the question is, who is the accused, do you think? In all of us. The nations. The what? The nations. The nations. Exactly. The them. Yeah. So the nations, very good. The nations are the one who is God's bringing this against. All right. In this court scene, Israel is not part of those nations. Okay. Israel is really, in essence, sort of in the audience. All right? So they're not, the judgment is not coming. I'm giving you that little hint ahead of time. We'll see that. But Israel's not the one that, that the guy is bringing the court scene against. It is the nations. It is the whole world. Okay? Other than God's chosen people, Israel. Anyone follow me there? Mm-hmm. Okay. So... God now, in verse 2, 
is going to play prosecutor, <laughs> and he's going to bring his evidence. All right. So he's prosecuting he, like all the nations. That's right. Besides Israel, other than Israel. Other. Okay. Not besides, but other than for Israel. Yeah, because the exile is over. Well, it, the exile. Yeah, the the exile the exile is over, but they're in Babylon. Right. Yeah. So they haven't returned from exile, but they're in Babylon. So the exile is over. Good, very good point. So to keep that in mind. Accessory to the crime, then. <laughs> That's yeah. A good question. How do you derive that it's just Israel's out of there? Is it in the next page? Yes. Oh, but you're not turning to. <laughs> <laughs> you're well, and you're going, going to, to see reading that myself. I'm right. Like, wow. And you're going to see that as we go along here, okay? But I want to set that up ahead of time so we know what we're talking about. Okay. But if, if you were to look and read the whole thing, you would see that, okay? Um, okay. So, starting from verse in verses two through four, we have God now playing the prosecutor. Okay. Charlie should know all this really good. I should have you. <laughs> okay. um, and that prosecutor is now going to bring the evidence in which he's going to bring the evidence about the guilt, right? That's going to have the judgment. All right. So why don't you get, let me just read it. Or anybody want to read two through four? Who wants to read that? Any volunteers? Sure. Okay. Who stirred up from the east? Make it sound like you're God. You know, get that voice of God there and just... away. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, just go for it. Okay, anyway. Who stirred up from the east whom victory meets at every step? He gives up nations before him so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely. He paths... His feet have not trod. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and the last, I am He. Very good. <laughs> you could, when you come home tonight, just tell your wife. Yeah, yeah you play if I start talking today. like that, I know what happened. You'll be on the couch. <laughs> Right, why don't you go back out and come back in? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's like start out by looking at two through three and stuff. What what is um what's happening here? What, what's the prosecutor's what's the prosecutor doing? His credentials. Okay. That's good. Credentials. All right. What else is going on here? What's the what's, what's the evidence? Power. Huh? Omnipotent power. Okay, omnipotent power. All right. How's he bringing about the fact that he's got omnipotent power? Trampling underfoot. All right. Making dust with his sword. Stubble with his bow. All right. All those things. Okay. So, is is he? This is. He's talking about his ability to wield the power of kings and armies and whatever on the earth. Uh huh. So, and it, 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 is, the, is he specifically refer- referencing a 
particular kingdom? Is he referencing the Assyrians in this situation? Well, who's coming from Assyrians the Assyrians or Babylonians? Yes. The, both of them are coming. Yeah, from interesting the them. Yeah. Okay, so good. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> That's good. What did you just say, Charlie? No, well, I just said who's coming from the east and Chad. Yeah, so who reminded us Assyria, that Assyria Babylon. Babylon. Okay, so I want you to think about our situation where we're at right now. So who, who, in, who could? Mm-hmm. The, the, now this is a little prophetic. Okay, so this scene right here is not just talking about what has happened, which it also is definitely doing, mm-hmm. but it's also referring, as you just said, Charlie, it's talking about something also either about to happen or starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is. Someone's coming from the east. And what about that person? Something bad is coming from the east. Something what? Something bad. Something bad from whose perspective? Yeah, from 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 those who this king. Something something mighty. Victory meets at every step. Okay, so something's coming from the east that has victory. It doesn't matter if they've been there or not. They'll just run right through it. So who are they? In this situation, who who are they, whatever that is, coming against? They're coming from the east. They're they're coming against who's Israel. the audience? Who's the um, being prosecuted? Well, God has stirred up these guys, the other nations, like that one, to punish Israel. Okay. Well, but who's being punished here? So here's not Israel so much as being the na- Okay, so the nations. It's Persians. Coming down to Babylon. Say that again? Persians. Why do you say the Persians? Because they came after Nebuchadnezzar, after his. Okay, very good. You guys have got got your biblical history down. So where are we at? We had the the situation with the Assyrians. That has passed. All right, you remember the time frame that we saw up there? Mm -hmm. We had the situation with the Assyrians. All right, that God brought judgment, uh, Isaiah 1 through 39, pretty much, okay. Then Assyria gets defeated like that by Babylon. Babylon. And who's the head of Babylon? Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, very good. All right, and then at that point is when Judah is taken into exile by the Babylonians. Okay. Now, now they're in exile, and we're about right there in this time frame. But now, someone's coming from the east. It's the Persians. The Persians. Excellent. Cyrus. Cyrus. Very good. (laughs) You guys are going to start start teaching biblical history here, right? (laughs) Very good. So the Persians are coming, led by Cyrus. Cyrus. And what, and so the Persians are going to come against the nations, alright, the other people, and, and what are the Persians going to do? In fact, it happens so fast. I mean, the Persians take over Babylon and become the power like that, alright, I mean, really quickly that this happens. Um, I think Cyrus recognizes the power of God. In yeah. Right away, he cuts loose all the all the Jerusalem Israel guys there. That's right. So you he's going to go flee. Back. He's going to basically say to the Israel, "You get to go, come back." Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Now, we'll see when we get there. There's a whole stuff we'll see with Cyrus. I don't want to get too much into that. Give that away. But we're going to see how that works with Cyrus. But so in this situation right here, in essence, that's either that's being called prophesized at this point in time. All right. So what's God trying to... I mean, what what is God saying here about the the Persians coming from the east? What's he saying here in this scene about him? <laughs> about what's happening? He's in control. He's in control. Absolutely. Very good. Can I, can I interject yes. a, little, a little something here? So I've been watching these shows. This guy does these shows. He's not coming from a Christian perspective at all, but just... Crazy history on Assyrians, on, mm. on, on uh, all of these conquered cultures. Yeah. And, then, and then he brings in the, and he actually speaks in Hebrew the biblical references. This guy is not a Christian. Yet Are you understand with subtitles? You got the Hebrew down, so you don't need subtitles. Yeah, I don't even need subtitles. No. <laughs> and, and then they say it in English, but whatever the case, it's fascinating. These things are like three hours long in all these cultures and wow. civilizations. And so when when uh, when Assyria went against uh, Judah, yeah, right, yeah, right, and were somehow everyone died in the night, right? Yeah. At that time, the Assyrian army was so large in comparison to the global population at that point in time that it would be like every 15th person mm. in the world was a member of the Assyrian army. Yeah. It was like, if they go against you, you're, you're not winning. You're not even going to get close. Right. Right? They will crush you, period, end of story. So it's like... And who did they not crush? That's right. Right. Of course. <laughs> Very good, because it shows you the power of God. That, so this is, the, again, <laughs> right. this is so God's going, come on, guys, really? How many yeah. times? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Just to give that weight. To That's really like, good. That's good. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so what? Okay, like so look at 39 and 40. Steamrolling <laughs> through Europe. Only, yeah. only like 15 times bigger. Yeah. Modern day China. And Russia probably combined. It's just like astronomical. So what is God trying to tell the nations at this point? What is he, in, the, in, these, in, the, in 2 through 3 particularly, and a little bit into 4 there, what's he trying to, what, what's he trying to say to these nations of, of the world? I mean, what's, what's he trying to tell them? Like, what's he saying to them? Uh, with the, I got a questions. What, what, what is God doing here? He's talking to these nations, and he's in essence telling them what? Saying he's declaring who he is. Well, he's, he is doing that. That's right. That he's declaring who he is. He's identifying himself, and he's also saying, "This is this is, I've done this. This is happening." Okay, so I want you to hear what Jason just said. I've done this. This is what's happening. This is what's so unique about our Christian God. Is our God, God of the Bible here? shows who he is because he works in history. Just like you were listening to that show, right? They were telling you history, even though it's not from the Bible. And what the, what you're hearing in there is that, wow, <laughs> you're seeing that God actually works in history. He actually has done these things in history that have that he has control over everything and has shown mm -hmm. 
I have control over all of you. <laughs> all right? And he has shown over and over and over again to the world that I am the God who works in history and have the power to work in history. Okay? And you listen to what he's saying here. I'm the one doing something from the east. He gives up nations before him. We just talked about what the, what are those nations just in Isaiah, Assyria, Babylon. Okay, now we're dealing with Persia. Um, he makes them like dust. He pursues them. Um, you just see that he shows how, hey, guys, <laughs> I am the God. You might not believe in me, but I am the God that has control over all the world, all the nations, all the powers. I'm the one. And then, and then leaves with so the other thing today, right now, you could go to those cities, right? Mm-hmm. You could, you could the, the ancient cities. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, where um, Nebi, the uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus or Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, yeah. Where was he? What was his? Uh, Babylon, Persia, Babylon, Babylon, Babylon. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah, it's, yeah. but it's just dust. It's just dirt mounds. But you could, I mean, clearly see it. It's just massive. Yeah, like I showed you guys that picture. I don't know if you were here that week. I showed the picture of, you might not be here. Yes. Showed the picture of the mound and showed how against Lachish in yes. Israel, how yeah, yeah. the Syrians were building up that ramp. And we can still see that today that they, that, that happened. And, 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 oh, Azur was the capital of, uh, of, of uh, Assyria. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was w- w- considerably larger even than Babylon. Yeah. And they're still there, so you can see it. You know it was there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So again, you see, this is a God. I mean, that's one of the things when we forget, when we, like, maybe, like, tell people about Jesus and tell people, you know, proclaim our faith. Our faith is not, like, I'll be flippant here, but it's not, I was a Buddhist before, so it's not like Buddha, okay, who left his family and went to go sit underneath a tree and actually left his wife, his kids, and everything, Okay, to sit on a tree and came up with all these brilliant ideas, in quotes, I say, all right? Okay, well, what did Buddha do? He sat on a tree and came up with a bunch of stuff. Started a religion, I guess. Okay, I'm being, again, somewhat flipped. But Buddha never worked in history to accomplish things like this, all right? Our faith is a faith that says we've got a God who not only created everything, but we who have a God who continues to control history um, and always will. And so that's what he's doing. He's presenting here this evidence before the nation saying, look, have you guys not seen? Have you not heard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the God who controls this. Yeah. You know? So if we put that in today's perspective, uh-huh. and we're looking at the news today and seeing what's going on, right? Um, hopefully there's a little bit of comfort in knowing that God is moving things. Absolutely. In fact, that's the reason why we're in Isaiah. If there's one reason why we're in Isaiah, it's the reason why they wrote Isaiah, right? Because seeing that says you can trust this God. Yes. Now, it should give us tremendous comfort. Right. Total comfort. Yeah. Which we're going to see as we get to what happens in Isaiah, the next page which you're not turning to yet, okay, is that comfort comes. Isaiah, like he's saying, look, Look what I've done. You are my people. Why are you in fear? Right. Okay. 
Makes um, no sense. Makes no sense, yeah, all right? But that's what's great about why we have this, and we're reading this, because it's a reminder, thousands of years later, God continues to work in history. He always has, you know. Okay, any other things you see in 2 and 3 there? I think it's interesting in 3 where he says he pursues them and passes on safely <laughs> by paths his feet have not trod. Yeah, yeah. Which means, in my mind, tell me if I'm wrong, I probably am, but those are the nations that he, like maybe Persia, you know, hey, you know, he didn't trample them, he used them. Yeah. You know, he, he used them as his uh, servant uh-huh. Uh-huh. to take care of Babylonia in 70 years and like someone, he's he's destroying and in number two, everyone's getting trampled on, right, one way or another. And then I think there he saying that no, not not everyone's getting trampled on. He uses the ones, and then that that will change. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. Good. All right. So now I want you to take a look at the last part of four. First and the last. Yeah, so what do you guys see there? What's going on What's going on here? He's, He's now sort of at. coming to the end of its close a little bit here with his argument. You know, <clears throat> the, the, now these, these trials go pretty fast. <laughs> okay? Um, he presents his evidence in about four verses, right? Is what he's kind of doing here. And so what's he summing up this all with? Same what? That I am. Mm-hmm. I am. And, and... First and the last. And it, it's... It, it's so cool that God says this in the form of a, a, a like you say, like a court, a, I mean, a significant judgment. Mm-hmm. Christ says it with such gentleness. What does Christ say with gentleness? The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Okay. In Revelation, the mega. Yeah, so good. You think about it. Yeah, I am the first, I am the last. What else, so then you brought that up, Jason, about Jesus. So what is it that Jesus says? Did Jesus say this? He said, before Abraham was, I am. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Do you know where that is? Yeah, it's right when he's talking to the Pharisees and they're yeah. asking who he is. Yeah, okay, good. All right, so I'm, um, in fact, I'll just turn that, I'll read that. So this is in John... 18.5 is where he says what Peter just said. Um, 18.5? Yeah, but don't turn to there. Just yeah, jump in. We you can write can't it down. Look at our Bible. We're you looking only <laughs> at 2.16. God. Alright, so John 18.5. So, John 18.5. Yeah, so, here, I'll read this. I'll read this part. It says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook of Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who had betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Who do you seek? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. It's interesting. Who do they seek? They seek Jesus of Nazareth. What is Nazareth? City. First city. All right. So listen to listen to 
how are they addressing who Jesus is? We're seeking Jesus of Nazareth, right? Jesus said to them, I am he. (laughs) Very good. I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Listen to the reaction. Uh They drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. (laughs) Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have not lost one. And then you have the great scene when Simon Peter, having a sword, draws a sword. Right? And what does he do? Cuts the ear off. Cuts off the ear off. Okay. So what's Jesus doing here? You, do you see what's see the reaction of what's happening here to Jesus? And just think, if you're hearing that, the people of Israel, particularly the leaders of Israel, who oh, they, knew... They knew those words. He knew these yeah. words. Oh, of course. So they're saying, who do you seek? Jesus and Nazareth. And who is Jesus saying, I am? I am he. I am he. The one. Yeah. What passage is that again, Frank? Hmm? What passage is John 18, 5. Um, John 8, 58 is the one. Uh, this is the one I was talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go there in a oh, second. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that one next. Yeah, good. Okay. So, well, why don't you read? Why don't you read that one since you have it up? So, listen to this one. This is another one where you hear this happening. Can you go? Should you go up a few before that? Read a. Um, where should that? I don't know where that. Um, And, you know, this is a good example, too, where people will say to you, oh, Jesus never says he's God. Okay. Well, in one strict sense, he doesn't say, Jesus never says, I am God. But But what he just said, every single Jew knows that he just said, not only am I God, but I'm equating myself with Yahweh, the one and only God. I mean, it's almost more shocking and direct than saying I am God. He's equal with Yahweh, and they can't even say Yahweh. Yeah, right. And they fell down and worshipped him. like, Blew back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so go ahead, Pete, and read that. Where should you start? Um, okay. So, um, maybe, go up a little before then so you get some context. Sure. Okay. So, um, John eight forty eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So this is a question about who Jesus is and uh, his authority. The Jews answered him, "Are we not right in saying you are Samar- uh, a Samaritan and have a demon?" <laughs> and Jesus answered, "I do not have a demon." But I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Ooh, the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. 
Yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died, and the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I did not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This is this nice Jesus, nice teacher. No, he's just like nice little teacher now. <laughs> um, so notice here that, so let's see, it was 8.50, yeah. Um, Yusuf. So in this case, notice what Jesus is saying. He's saying, truly, truly, I said to you, before Abraham was, I am, right? Okay. I was. Genesis. Yeah, yeah. So what's, what is the difference between Jesus here saying, I am, versus what we just read a few minutes ago in John, where he says, I am he, which is like what we're seeing here in Isaiah. Mm. So if someone says, I am, in the way Jesus says that here, what's the difference between that and then saying, and there saying, I am he. To distinguish yeah. himself apart from the other people that are there. Okay, so which one? I am he. he. Very good. He's distinguishing himself. He's, in essence, saying who his identity is. Mm-hmm. Who is this Jesus? Okay. I am he. That's I'm an identity statement more. What is the statement of I am? I am is a locked and loaded... Yahweh. Okay. It's just like contextual, it is anecdotal, it is in the Jewish culture, he is just like full on I am God. I am God. Uh-huh. Anybody it's else? A, it's a statement of necessary existence. Okay, excellent. Yeah. You just hear what he just said a there? Statement mm. of necessary existence. <laughs> Explain wow. that. Say yeah. again. So that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a good one. Right. Go, yeah. Okay, so God reveals himself to Moses as that which exists necessarily. So if we think about the the universe and anything that exists, if there's anything that exists, there has to be a necessary being, a being that has always been there, that that has existence in and of himself. And so that is who God reveals himself to be. Um, You know, I am which means that there's a lot of things that it means. I mean, one thing it means is that he doesn't change, right? right. He is. He's, all, he's always been. Constant. Right. Always been. Right. Yeah. He has always I, been. He yeah. does not change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, yeah, Jesus is, Jesus is saying, I am. Because it's a question about, it's, it's a question about, Time. Time, yeah. Very good. So they're yeah. saying, you're not even 50, and you're saying, you know, what are you talking about, Abraham? 
And then he said, you know, so his relationship to time, and he says, before Abraham was, I, I am. am. Yeah. He's which is him. why they took a stones, which is why they wanted to stone him for blasphemy. Right. Because they knew exactly what he said. Yeah. Because otherwise it would have been like, well, what are you talking about, I am? They, they knew it was extremely clear to them. And they wanted to stone him, and he disappeared. So you can think of those two differences. It's like, on one hand, in the first situation, he's identifying himself with Yahweh, okay, which, that's there's heresy right there. Now he's actually identifying himself as saying, I've always been. <laughs> I mean, I've always existed. I've always been here. All right. Which is really the characteristics of both Yahweh as an actual God person. But he's always been, too. All right. So you sort of have, you just see here this just... <laughs> Sort of amazing about what Jesus, how Jesus talks about himself. In the humanity of it, it has to make all our heads explode yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And if we get what, when he's talking to these people, to the Jews back then, and we notice what they did, I think in the first case, they fall down, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, people recognize they either going to stone him or they're going to bow down and worship him. <laughs> exactly. No in between. Yeah, exactly. There had to have been somebody there that kind of stood back and thought, even if this guy's a loon, <laughs> that's pretty amazing coming out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, you know, they had that C.S. Lewis movie out right now. Um, and in that C.S. Lewis movie, that's what helped C.S. Lewis come to faith through J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, was C.S. Lewis coming to sort of realize all this about Jesus, yeah. uh, about who was he really. Uh, Lord, lunatic or liar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Okay. Um, and here you see, who is Jesus? He says, I'm, I'm God. Yeah. There's another dimension that's pointed out in the beginning of Proverbs, where he dwells with wisdom, and wisdom is a part of him. Yeah. So he doesn't make mistakes. Right. Right. Okay, so the prosecutors made his case. Right? Okay. In just a couple of verses, it doesn't take God long, you know, he's like to the point. Don't we always court cases? Maybe went that fast. Of course, it just depends on what side of the court case you're with it. All right. So what I want to do right now, um, before we move on, is I want to have Bill come up and describe what we have up here. Okay? Which is going to relate to yes. where we're going to next, uh, you see. And but I have no idea why he's asking me to do this. <laughs> he has no idea. All it's right. a total surprise. <laughs> this is as, as most of you know, I'm a potter. Okay, I have been for over 50 years now. I brought in a complete process right here in front of you, except for the fact of me uh-huh. actually making one on a potter's wheel. Uh, this is a chip and dip. Yeah. You left out the chips and dip. Yeah, 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 yeah. The final one should have been completed. It's not Thanksgiving yet. Oh. <laughs> the, the first step, of course, I take a three-pound lump of clay that I actually weigh out, and I put it on my potter's wheel and throw this. It takes me about ten minutes or so to make one of these. Uh, then it's a nice wet greenware. If you were to touch it, you could fold it really easily. Uh, it'll sit on these things that are called bats that actually attach my wheel so I can lift it off without touching it. In 24 hours or less, depending on the weather, it'll dry out to the point where I can then put a special bat with foam on it upside down and trim and burnish the bottom. If you notice, all these bottoms are super smooth and rounded, okay? That finishes them off. Then they have to dry for a couple more days before I can do the first firing 
called a bisque firing. The bisque firing is a very slow firing to get all the physical and chemical water out of the clay body. Uh, it usually takes about 16 hours. It goes to 1,900 degrees. 16 hours? This, yeah. And another 24 to cool down. If you can imagine looking at a spy hole in a kiln and it's like orange heat. I mean, it's orange. That's 1,900 degrees, okay? Chad, you might know of those temperatures. You know, okay. <laughs> anyway, that's this piece of pottery. At this point, uh, it's ready to be glazed. This is a piece that I've already glazed but not yet fired. I start by signing my name, which looks like Arnold, but it says Darnell. I make a weird backwards D, you know, after you see that. And then I wax the bottom. I spin it on a small banding wheel, wax the bottom so there's a nice clean line there. And then I'll dip it in like this, my charcoal glaze, up two-thirds that way. So that's Wipe a glaze off. there. So this is a glaze. Oh, by the way, what, gla what is glaze? Glaze yeah. is different raw earth materials suspended in water, okay? Silica, kaolin, whiting, feldspar. Finely ground up, different raw materials, finely ground up and strained, about the consistency of, say, cream, okay? Huh. Maybe half and half, depending on the glaze. Some are runnier than others, okay? But then I dip it in the glaze, wipe off the excess beads. I'll turn it over, and I'll dip it this third in my copper glaze. And you can see where the overlap is right there. Then I have ketchup bottles that I have different colored glazes that I squirt across the scene. If you blur your eyes, oh, I see. you know... Uh, and if you're a child of the 60s, you might see a landscape or some kind of uh, seascape, okay? Um, I, I see those all the time. Anyway, then I go back into the kiln, and I can get about 18 of these in a kiln. I usually have smaller pieces in between, and I do a high fire, cone 10 firing. Cone 10 is a designated temperature, 2,400 degrees Fahrenheit. And... Um, that firing goes very quick compared to the other one because all the water's out of the out of the body on the greenware. It goes for about 14 hours, but very hot, 2,400 degrees. And if you take the spy hole and look in there, it's like white hot. It's like looking at the sun. Okay, it's that hot. I've got one cooling down right now. Uh, that takes about 30 hours, depending on how much stuff is in the kiln, to 36 hours to totally cool down. Wow. Then at the end, you've got the finished product, which is. Right. Like one of these chip and dips that I have right here. And so you can how tell. How do you do the finished product? So what's the difference between what you're doing here to how you get to that? Well, bottom line is, you, your greenware is a certain size, and as it, as it dries, it shrinks. And then the bisque firing, it doesn't really shrink, although that one looks a little smaller. You glaze it, but the difference between these two is that all the glazes, this raw earth material that is the glaze, at 2400 degrees, melts and fuses to the clay body. So this, so you don't, so if I understand right, you you don't do anything between this and this. This is what this looks like after, after, it's, after, after, after it's been fired. Interesting. And it wow. sits in the kiln for quite a while. Oh, wow. All right, 14 hours just to get up to temp. Another third. Third. I know that's oh, what's. This is exactly. That's that's exactly. Matter of fact, I made sure I brought the exact colors. And you can see it shrunk again. And what's neat about cone 10 firing that hot a temperature is that this clay is now fused to the point, it's called vitrification or vitrified. It is no longer porous, okay? You can put this under water overnight. It's not going to soak up any water at all, okay? And got a nice Even the bottom of it. Even the bottom? Even the bottom, yeah. Could I put it under water for 36 hours? Go for it. <laughs> and we'll see uh, if it's absorbed. You know, think of a sponge. If you put a sponge in there, you lift it up, it's got water in it, okay? Fisk wear. 
Matter of fact, a bisquare is, is still absorbent, okay? When I dip these in glazes, it goes, sucks up the water, and what's left is the powdered earth material. Oh, this wow. powdered earth material right now, I can rub it. It gets dusty. Oh, you see that? Oh, that's cool. Okay. Matter of fact, I just chipped it right there. That's okay. I can touch it up when I get home. Um, it's, it's a process. And from start to finish, depending on, on the, the weather, especially because drying is everything, uh, it takes about a week and a half, two weeks from start to finish. So that's, that's wow. in a yeah, nutshell. No idea. Yeah. Wow. This is why you didn't see him for, um, during the men's group for quite a while when we were, had the summer Sawdust Festival because it was, it was ridiculous. he was constantly up at his place. Be careful just, what you pray for. You might get <laughs> yeah. Constantly doing this. I'm almost praying now, Lord. It's okay. Yeah. Let someone else help. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I actually didn't know him, but I'm more interested in what are you going to do. Yeah, do you have yeah. more questions? I never, no, I never knew. I was confused because I never knew that fire looks like that. I thought maybe you did no, this, then you did some test, something else. In my youth, yeah. when That's I was Jason's amazing. age, I had, matter of fact, you know where the ceramic demo booth is down there? I was there for three or four years in a row where I moved my kiln down there. That kiln wasn't there. My wheel, and I worked down there 24-7. And people would always see this stuff when I was glazing down there, and they'd go, I want to buy it just like that. Yeah, and I right, said, God, I'm sorry, but this has to be fired. It's useless right now. Yeah. And it's going to turn into that. And they'd be disappointed. Uh, <laughs> oh, darn. Right. I really wanted that. Wow. Huh. So, okay. Thank anyway. you. Yeah, Thank you. Awesome. Now, I'm more interested in what you're going to do with this. Because it's a mystery to me. <laughs> okay. So we left off two through four with God being the prosecutor making his case before the nations. And what's he making the case of? That he is what? That he's God. That he's God, right. That he's controlling everything. Everything. Good. Okay. I am the man. I am the man. Right. Okay, now again. I am the law. Everyone stays on this page. You don't turn the page, right? I'm going to follow my directions. Okay. See, I'm trying to have a little bit of power here, but I'm not he, and I am not I am. So, um, all right. What happens? So there's two through four. The case is presented. What you now have in five and six is you have the response of the nations to what God has just presented. Okay? So I want you to listen. Now, remember how we said at the beginning we had that word coastlands, you asked, I think, okay? Which is, again, really referring to all the nations, the whole world, all right? So what's the response in hearing what God just said? What's the response of the nations? Yeah. yeah the coastlands Terrified. have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble, which is really the people, the nations, trembling. They have drawn near and come. And actually, what is really that, that phrase in Hebrew, they have drawn near and come in Hebrew, just literally, they've come together. So it's like all the nations have sort of come together in the same way, which is responding like this. In fear. They're trembling and they're in fear. Okay. And then listen to verse 6. Everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. What do you think is going on there? 
So this is the, these are the nations, and now we're hearing that everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, "Be strong." What's any thoughts there? It's a cause effect, and he's saying, well, potentially. <laughs> yeah. what, it sounds, what it sounds like to me is he's 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 again it's it's prophetic to to some degree. This is the way. This is the reaction you're going to have. When I lay down this, like yes. like what's going on right now. Right, yeah, okay. I'm going to lay this down, right? And what ends up happening is when people become terrified and, and, and yeah. feel like, what, what do we do? Well, that draws people together. That, that forces people to help their neighbor as opposed to being independent and screw you, neighbor. I don't need you. Well, yeah. Guess what? Well, I'm going to make it so you do. Okay. Yeah. Right? All right. Okay. Interesting. All right. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yeah. Which is? Respect. Respect. Okay. So, I mean, when they realize how omnipotent his power is, then they become helpless. Mm-hmm. And so the only way they, they can, can help each together then yeah. is to recognize that absolute power and say, hey, yeah. Um, we need to respect this power. That's good. So what do you? So at this point now, what do you expect that they're now going to do? What's the next thing that the nations are going to do? They've heard God speak. He's presented his case. They're trembling. And they're afraid. And they all come together. And they're all now sort of like, you know, it's like if, you know, Big Bomb went off or something like that. You know, you can almost picture like 9-11 or something, you know. What do people do? They, they, so they come together. together right? But what are, the, what are they going to do when they come together? Repent. Mm-hmm. They're going to repent? Maybe. No. Be like, what do you think, Dale? They're going to fight. They're going to what? Fight. They're going to fight. Okay, so they're going to repent. They're going to fight. What else might they do? They're contemplating. Well, the secular people are contemplating. Based on history uh, uh-huh. thus far in this book, they're, they're going to build some idols. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're going to build some idols and say kitchen and yay, that'll save us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did, you, did you know this? Speaking of the insanity of the world, again, seeing this history was so fantastic that the, the, the king of Assyria, the one that rebuilt Babylon... Mm-hmm. When he destroyed Babylon, he destroyed Babylon and then later rebuilt it. When he destroyed Babylon, or his son did, when he destroyed Babylon, the people of Assyria were so upset that he blamed it on the Babylonian god. Uh-huh. And so in those sure. days, what they would do is they'd kidnap the gods, which were, of course, statues, uh-huh. to yeah. get the power from that other city. So he said, oh, it wasn't me, it was the god. So they, they took the statue, brought it back to Azure. And put it on trial. <laughs> yeah, they literally had a trial for the statue of God and huh. blamed it and found it guilty. Huh. Beheaded the statue. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you guys turn? Why don't you guys turn your page now? And um, I don't know what you want to do. Pete, <laughs> put up in your Bible. Why don't you guys now look in verse seven as to what they do? The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith, and he who smooths with the hammer, him who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldiering, it is good. 
and they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. That does sound sort of idolish. Slash sounds sort of idolish? Idolish. Yes. It's not just sort of idolish. Mm-hmm. They now... Now, Bill... Such a bummer. Okay. Come on, guys. Makes this not... Makes this, right? For other people to put stuff in. And makes this beautiful stuff for people to put guacamole in. Guacamole. And all these different types of stuff, all right? Shrimp cocktails. Bill what they idols. did, they all got together, and they did a lot of the same things Bill did. They did a lot of the same types of stuff. But what did they make? They didn't make something to put food in. Idols. They made what? Idols. They made idols. Yeah. Great. Because if you listen to the language here, okay, this is all about... <clears throat> idol making. This is how, and listen to the, what they do to make these idols. So the craftsmen, and I want you to, we'll, we'll come back to the word strengthens there. The craftsmen, you, so who do you have? Think about how many different people you have in the process of making idols here. Just read this. Look at verse 7. How many, so Bill does it all by himself. Yeah. Okay? And again, he's not making idols. <laughs> he's making, okay? But they were doing, they were making up. So how, how many people do you see involved here um, mm-hmm. in this process of making an idol? <clears throat> what, what are the different roles you have? So you have what? We Let's have count them. We have the craftsman, craftsman the goldsmith, the goldsmith, the one who smooths with the hammer, right? And who strikes the anvil. Very good. There you go. Okay. You have four different mm-hmm. people, four different roles involved in making. The idol here. So in, ex- in essence, the craft so the craftsman is actually the molder. He's probably like what you and again, yeah. <laughs> he does this. He does as a rough create the form of the idol. Okay, he's like the one who molds it. He gets like the form like this. All right, so he gets the form. All right, that's what the craftsman does. Then comes along the goldsmith, and what the goldsmith does is he takes, which is a little different than what you're doing, the goldsmith takes and actually figures out what are metals and stuff. So probably the one who mixes the stuff that you're going to do this with. Yeah, well, okay. he, he would have to refine the gold. Yes, exactly. Which means heat, which means burning off all the impurities. Exactly. So that's, that. this is what the role of the goldsmith does, is to, is to, is to get those types of metals ready oh, yeah. to be applied to the idol. Alright, so someone formed the idol. You have someone who takes the gets the metals ready. Then you have he who smooths with a hammer is the one who actually states and starts putting that onto the idol, whatever it's gold, whatever it is. Okay. It almost is again like what he did here. Whoever applied this part of it, okay, and so the, you now have this form of this idol, and then the end, um, you have in essence the blacksmith who makes like nails or something to put this idol onto a platform that hopefully will not fall down, <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay. So it, it gets put onto something with nails or whatever it is. So this is what the people's response are. 
to what they just heard from God. And listen to what it and listen to what they say. Saying of the soldering, soldering, <clears throat> they say, so they're saying they make all this, they make their little idol, and they all get around and they say, It is good. Hmm. <clears throat> is this something familiar? <clears throat> yeah. And they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot <laughs> be moved. <laughs> It's kind of a metaphor for them falling back on their sin nature. Oh, well, I mean, huge, yeah, because they're creating idols around uh-huh. it. But what does it sound like when they say, it is good? Creation. Yeah. yeah. Very it's, good. Again, it's just it's the just, same thing. <laughs> man claiming it. Yeah. Think of it's the, happening now. Think yeah. of the huge irony of what's That's happening good. here. Yes, because they're, they're creating. That's right. And it is good. That's right. The other thing men try to do is but prophesy. But it's an illusion. It's not but it's an illusion, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's satanic because yes. I am like God. Right, yes, exactly. Of course it is. Exactly. It's a lot of that. Very good. Yeah, a little bit. Huh? All of verse 7 is exactly how the Statue of Liberty was made, by the way. Without gold, it was ah, copper. Interesting. It was, no, I've studied Statue of Liberty. I love yeah. the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. It is historically like a tribute to Colossus. Uh-huh. And it's a beautiful architectural engineering of its time, but the instead of gold, it was copper, and that was stretched around a wood maquette. And these incredible crafts guys in France, tinted, and you know, hammered it all in place in sections, and it was just this incredible. They, the old guys, probably didn't get that high. But, <laughs> but that's kind of yeah. what yeah. was happening. Yeah. Good point. Why do you think they didn't recognize God at all? <sighs> Why? We just, I mean, they just had sin. They don't hear, they don't see. Right, exactly. And we're going to see that. We're going to come up to the passages in the next few weeks. That That is exactly what is said. Is that they, they do not, They it goes back to Isaiah 6. They're just morons. They do not hear, they do not see, they do not understand. They are blind. From the beginning. To what God is doing. We've always done And so what way. do they do? They And just think of the irony of... The very people created by God, okay, and again, I'm going to use the contrast. You have been created by God, Bill, okay, and you create from that. You go to the Sawdust Festival, all the Christians, you, okay, Jason. You guys are taking and you're creating something that people worship our God with, okay, yeah. and thank God our God for, right. all right, and recognize I'm not God. And you can create this beauty, and this is fine. And yep. not only fine, it's, it's awesome, right? Guilty all of a sudden, you know? Right, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, because people come by and go, God, I just love your chip and dips. I just yeah. can't get it up on that. But, what, but what's happening here is man's taking the gift they have from yeah. God to yeah. be sub-creators of something that's good, and instead they're trying to create control by going and in fear... What do they do? They go to idols to create idols. Something is dead to replace God. Yeah. So is this thing in verse seven? Is it talking about Israel? Or is it talking about? No, it's not it's talking about, about like Persia. Then it is talking about all oh, the no. nations. It's oh. talking about in essence yeah. the entire world, other than Israel. Yeah. Okay. So it goes forty twenty one. He declares. 
Yeah, well, you see some of that in 40. You see that in 40, we have some of that going on still, too, about the whole idols. We're going to see this whole idol throughout 40. As we continue on, you're going to see this theme occur over and over again of how they go and they make idols. <laughs> they make idols. And what do they do when people are out of control? When they don't turn to God? They turn to, to make the, their own to, to gods. Themselves. Yeah. Of course. And make their own gods they can fashion and try to worship. Yeah. And it still happens right now. Oh, so absolutely. Yeah. It was really, actually, I'm sorry to keep bringing this up, but it's so funny hearing this guy that did this amazing portrayal of, of this, this kingdom, right? And then he gets in and he's, again, he's getting into the Bible. He's saying that not only do we, we have the, historical references, but it's also you know, covered in the Bible. Right. And going through all this, and and right after he's talked about the magnitude of this, this army, that this war machine that literally nobody could withstand, and then showing on a map Judah, this little weedy country with like really no military to speak of in comparison, and then the, the narrator of this thing is coming up with all these Oh, but, you know, the fanciful reason, God, and trying to come up with all these excuses of how, it, what could have happened, right? And you're like, dude, no, you're right, it couldn't have been just God. It, when you just went through this whole thing, showing this map of this country just destroying everyone at will, and they come up against this landlocked little lame place, nope, sorry. Yeah. There you go, the blindness we have with our sin. Right, and, and he, this, this narrative like, literally just couldn't go there at all. Yeah. yeah. All right, so to close off, I just want to read something to you guys. This is sort of a summary of what we just were reading about. Um, so I just thought it would really be, be easier. So what's interesting that you notice that in verse 6, that it says, everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is there's a wordplay here with the word strong. Mm-hmm. Because notice, say, let's all get oh, together and be strong. And we're in this okay. together. Right. We're in this yeah. together to be strong. And how do they become strong? They do that by the craftsman strengthening, same Hebrew mm-hmm. word, the goldsmith. Okay. And, and they strengthen it with nails. So they end up, the word strength here is used in a way that they come together to actually build the idols. So this is what's... This is something out of a commentary I was reading. It says, they cannot be created by just one person, the idol. It takes a whole host of people to keep them going. The repetition of the various forms of be strong in verse 5, 6, and 7 is also telling. In the face of the terror coming from the east, it is, it is not the gods who strengthen their worshipers, but the worshipers mm-hmm. must strengthen each other mm-hmm. and eventually the idols themselves. Sure. Finally, it is difficult to escape the sense that Isaiah deliberately reflects Genesis 1. <coughs> In both cases, the maker sees his product as being good. God saw what he created us as good. But there the similarity ends. In Genesis, it is the quality of the creator God who ascribes to his creatures here it is a creature saying it of the creator in quotes. They have made. So they're making, God says, God says to us, I've created you, it is good. But now it's the creators, us, who are now creating gods saying it is good. Talking about the ultimate form of 
reverse psychology. Yeah, of us being God, right? But, We're playing God. Um, and these few words are all the difference between a world where the truth of our existence comes from beyond us and the one in which we create our own values, indeed our own gods, out of our own needs and desires. Mm. Just a great summary. Mm. And then it says here, someone said, um, the idolaters are dependent, this is interesting, the idolaters are dependent on idols, which are themselves dependent on the workmen and the most trivial mechanical operations. So those who are idolaters are depending on the idols in which they actually create. Oh, it's just so warped. We, we look at that and go, that's Pretty so warped, but this is what the world is without God. Chase idols. Jail. Pretty comical. Yeah. Do you see the, the whole concept God just laid out? How to, how to be strengthened? Just, just wait, wait in me. Yeah. Be silent in me and I'll strengthen you. Versus, we, again, what did all the kings do that blow it? I, I gotta come up with an idea. I gotta figure it out. I'm not gonna just wait and be still. Right. And let you Which we see all the time. God says, just wait in me. And strengthen yeah. So we're gonna look next week. We're gonna pick up at verse 8. And that's where you see now, now in this court scene, you have God talking about Israel, who he calls my servant. I am with you. Don't be dismayed. He's now going to, after saying this to the nations, he's going to turn to his people and encourage them. And we'll see that next week um, with this. So anyway, I hope this helped. We went through some lot of stuff down there. But it's an interesting court scene that's going down there. It really shows God saying, this is who I am. This is who I am. So anyway, all right, well, happy Thanksgiving to all you guys. Hope you guys have a great, great Thanksgiving. Who wants to close? Any volunteers to close us in prayer? Going once, going twice. <laughs> right. Heavenly Father God, we just thank you uh, that you've revealed yourself to us in your word. Lord, we thank you for your strength, that we can rely on you. Lord, we just ask you to continue to build our faith and work through us in our lives. Lord, show us if we have any idols in our lives um, yes. that we need to take down. What does that mean today versus, you know, it being more obvious in the Bible, um, that back in the book of Isaiah, them being these physical statues, but what, what is it that we have in our lives today that that can take the place of idols? Lord, reveal, reveal those to us and... Help us to get rid of those so that we can serve you and only you. And uh, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.